0: Hey, Chuck, have you ever heard of a term, nice guys finish last? Oh, yeah. I hate being a nice guy. Me too. This is why I think we should start a podcast, The Nice Guy Show. Oh, I like it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah.
1: Do you ever wonder, why do I always seem to give so much more than I get? All I want is to be appreciated and loved. Is that asking too much? Why do all the jerks get the hot girls while I get stuck in the friend zone? When will it ever be my turn? If this sounds like you, you're in the right place. Welcome to The Nice Guy Show. This is the podcast that asks the question, how do I break free from the nice guy syndrome so I never have to come in last again? Now, here are your hosts, Faisal Coker and Chuck Chapman. Thanks for joining us on the very first episode of The Nice Guy Show. My name's Chuck Chapman. I'm here with my co-host, Faisal Coker. And we are doing this podcast because we're nice guys in recovery. And if you're a nice guy, and you've found yourself finishing last a lot of times in life, love, sex, and all of those things, this is a podcast for you. So Faisal, tell us why we're here. Why are we doing this? Chuck, I got divorced and Mm.
0: then hit some crisis point. I had a real low point in my life. And I didn't realize this, but I was a nice guy. I thought I was actually a nice guy, which was a good thing, but it turned out it's not a good thing. And then I came across a book called, No More Mr. Nice Guy. What a catchy title. Right, yeah. Yeah, so I went through this book and oh my, wow. Was it insightful. It was like this guy who wrote this book, I was pissed off, I was annoyed at him but he knew everything about me.
1: Do you know the book? I know the book. I know the book well. In fact, I found the book when I was going through therapy. I had been seeing a therapist for about three years, and the therapy was really helpful and useful and everything like that. And it helped me really understand kind of like why I, you know, where all of this stuff came from, all my nice guy tendencies came from. But I hadn't even heard of the nice guy syndrome up at that point. And then I read No More Mr. Nice Guy, And it was that same reaction. I've talked to lots of men who've had the same reaction of like, this guy's been following me around and writing my life story. And it was so eerie because everything that he was writing about in the book, I identified with it. And it was an eye-opening experience of why my life was in the way that it was, which was a disaster, um, and then gave me some tools to work through that. And that's when uh, I not only started uh, working with people in general, but helping guys break free of their nice guy syndrome.
0: Absolutely. I mean, very similar. I didn't realize some of the characteristics I had. I thought, you know, I was a good person. I was a nice guy. And I thought, that's a good thing. And I thought this is the perfect formula to win in life. But actually nice guys, we do finish last. If you don't work on this, you're going to finish last.
1: Yeah, and that's the thing about this work and why I think this podcast is going to be so valuable to people who listen to it because not only will it help you unlock some of the things that have been holding you back in life, but it will also, I think, accelerate you sort of to the front of the line, so to speak on all the different areas of your life. So we're gonna take the principles of the book, No More Mr. Nice Guy, and we're building a podcast around those principles so that you and I can go deeper and we can share that with a larger audience. So I'm really excited about this. I think it's gonna be amazing.
0: Yeah, me too. Me too. We're gonna bring some, you know, we're gonna bring some incredible experiences from our own personal lives, from our own struggles. And, you know, just because, you know, we work as trainers in Nice Guy Recovery, it doesn't mean that we're, you know, we've got everything resolved we've because, got yeah. So, and you're going to see some of the the struggles that we still face mm-hmm. and so how we are overcoming it. Even like as this podcast evolves and, and grows, there'll be some things that will happen in our personal life that, you know, I, I would love to bring to the to the audience which can really help Absolutely. them and also working with so many nice guys we've learned so much we have so much mm-hmm. reference points and stories of how they struggled and how they tackled it how what to do and what not to do and that's going to be the crucial thing about this podcast is you know we're here to really help you mm-hmm. serve you as you know as we're growing you're growing we're all growing this is the purpose mm-hmm. of
1: this yeah for sure So there might be some people that have stumbled on this podcast, thought the name was catchy or something like that, and really never read No More Mr. Nice Guy. So if you were to meet somebody for their first time and try to explain to them what a nice guy is, how might you describe the nice guy syndrome? So when I talk
0: about the nice guy, people think, oh, that's a good thing. Well, what -hmm. happens is the premises behind the nice guy is the people pleaser. Right, mm-hmm. that's that's what's really going on, and it's like, oh, you know, what if I'm a people pleaser? If I put everybody else's needs, if I make everybody else happy, right? That's mm-hmm. a good thing, and that's what we've been taught. This is how I was, you know, right. raised. You know, make everybody else happy, prioritize everybody else, make you know, make sure everybody For else it. is happy. And at the end, I was sacrificing my own wants, desires, and needs, mm-hmm. and what that left me was mm-hmm. bitterness resentment Mm -hmm. anger frustration so in a tin that's what the nice guy is
1: how about you Mm -hmm. how how do you tell everyone else well similarly you know that a nice guy really isn't nice in fact a nice guy is fraudulently nice all right he's nice Mm -hmm. not because he is a nice guy he's nice because he kind of wants something from you nice guys tend to operate on limiting self-belief and the self-belief is if i meet everybody else's needs without them asking then those people will in return meet my needs without me asking and that limiting belief then shows up in our life where we are not asking for our needs to be met Mm -hmm. but instead trying to be nice to someone hoping that they will be nice in return to us. And then when I do something for someone and I don't get that in return, what happens is I become resentful and nice guys typically act out their resentment in passive aggressive ways. Right? So the nice guy, because he wants to be seen as nice, he won't tell you he's angry. He will just act out his anger passively. So you know, for example, he's the guy that, you know, will tell his boss, you know, what he thinks his boss wants to hear, but then go and do the thing that he wants to do. Yeah. He's the kind of guy that will say, you know, I love you to a woman, not because he loves her, but because he wants to hear, I love you back. You know, he's the kind of guy that, um, you know, doesn't want to rock the boat. He doesn't want to make waves or cause conflict. In fact, conflict is like the thing that he is, avoids the most. Ooh, and and I so remember when that. you have this combination of people pleasing, not stating your needs, doing things, you know, doing to get, then what you have is you have a nice guy.
0: Some of the things that you said is like, yeah, this this was me. So how did that show up in your... In you know, past relationships.
1: Well, in my first marriage, it really showed up the most in terms of not expressing my needs, not expressing my wants, being afraid of conflict, and being afraid to express my needs and wants. And so when I think back upon that part of my life, what really stands out for me is I was essentially afraid of my wife. I was afraid of her reaction. I was afraid of her judgment. And so I was doing everything that I could to try to make her happy because I felt like if I could make her happy, then I would be happy. And there was this moment in our relationship. We were, we'd been going to church at the time and we got out of the church service and I could tell she was upset about something. I couldn't tell what it was. I'm sort of rifling through my Rolodex of, you know, what did I do to mess up? And so finally, I just like, you know, what's going on? And she blurts out. She's like, I am so disappointed with God. This is not the way that my life was supposed to be. You know, she was upset with me for my lack of leadership. She was upset with my lack of, um, you know, integrity, you know, all these other things. And I realized at that moment, her expectations were so high that even God couldn't meet them. And that was one of the first events where I was like, oh, I've been trying to meet someone's expectations who are so high that it's impossible for me to meet them. I need to focus on meeting my own needs. And that's where I think some of the nice guy stuff really started to resonate with me. is like, I need to make my needs a priority. How about you? Did, how did your nice guy stuff show up in your oh, relationships? You know, I... I'm
0: just thinking about this question. I'm thinking, where do I start? There was, there was, <laughs> <laughs> there were so many of them. Um, you know, when the point you made about, you know, giving to get. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I, uh, you know, I, I'm guilty of this as well. I would do so many nice things for the girl. Right. So I would do so many nice things because in my, the back of my head is if I act in these, do all these nice things, give her gifts bring her things, keep helping her, meet all her needs, then she'll reciprocate. She'll bring, she'll give me what I need. You know, I want, ultimately, I want sex. You know, <laughs> right, I, right. I, I want the sex, I want the care, I want the attention. And if I do all of these things things for her, I would assume I will always get those. So there was. there's a huge assumption about it that, you know, they, they have no idea of why, what I'm trying to communicate or what I expect back. So I have this right. expectation. And when those needs are met, for example, and this is common, guys go on a date, you know, they just spend a lot of money on a date, you know, to take her out, to spoil mm-hmm. her. And they're expecting to come back and say, oh, you know what, she didn't want sex. Yeah. And they're like sure. angry afterwards. Like, well, I spent all yeah. this money and invested all this time and money and she doesn't want sex
1: hmm Yeah. Yeah. I think we think we oftentimes approach things like a formula. If I do A B C, I will get D. Right. Right. So if I take her out, you know, and I, I shower her with love and give her gifts and all these kind of things like that, then of course she's gonna want to have sex with me. And then I'll you know, I'll get my needs met. And um you know, that that never works, does it?
0: No, it doesn't. So Chuck we've got a list of uh, what a nice guy is and who's a nice guy, so let's go through some of the lists that we have yeah so he's uh he's the guy who lets his partner run the show so is he the one who's like, you know what happy wife, happy life I don't know how to yeah, meet- right. yeah i don't need- I don't know how yeah. to meet her needs so what I'll do is I'll step right. back, observe, and watch what she needs, and then hoping that I can mm-hmm. find out what what will make her happy? Because I, I did this a lot. You know, yeah. I, st- I stepped back from the relationship. I didn't lead. And, you know, you mentioned that. That was me. I was mm-hmm. thinking, you know, I don't know. I don't know how to make her happy. Yeah. Right. So she. it's better that she runs a show because if I run the show and I screw it up, then it's on me. If she runs a show and she yeah. screws
1: it up and she's not happy, it's on her. Yeah, and it's really kind of a lack of leadership. You know, the classic thing would be, you know, where your partner says, you know, what do you want to have for dinner?
0: Uh, And what's the common answer? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. What do you want?
1: (laughs) Right, (laughs) right, all right. So it's it's letting her run the show in even some of the smallest things. You know, rather than having an opinion and saying, you know, what sounds really good to me tonight is Italian or Thai or whatever um so yeah he he he's that guy who just says he lets his wife or partner girlfriend take the driver's seat and everything all right so some of the
0: so, some of the women listening to this and saying okay well, why is that a bad thing you know why why shouldn't she be running this show why sh- should it be always the man who has to run the show uh, this is the kind of questions i get as well so why mm-hmm. should she not run
1: the show well, since you get those questions, well, why? What do you typically say? <laughs> oh, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> you see what I did there? I just. Yeah, I just.
0: Did you do the nice guy thing and just divide it back to me? <laughs> yeah.
1: How do you I feel about I didn't have an it? answer,
0: so I was like, yeah. So here's the thing. When it comes to leadership, right? One of the things that I learned was. I remember talking to my sister, and my sister and I we were both walking along, and this is a few years after the divorce. And uh, so we were talking about it, and we started talking about my, you know, ex uh, ex wife, and mm-hmm. she said something that really hurt me, and it really did. You know, I remember this, and it really got to me. So she and my ex wife, they used they talk together, they they good, they have a good friendship, and mm-hmm. she said you know, Faisal, he had no backbone. He didn't have any, uh, like, there was, there was nothing in him that was, like, strong, like a leader. Mm. And when I heard that, it really hurt me. And I thought, well, hang on a minute. There I am in the relationship, not wanting to be The controlling guy, not wanting to be the guy who puts his foot down and says, we have to do X, Y, and Z, because that's the narrative that we hear. Hmm. So I just said, look, whatever you want, whatever will make you happy. And at the end of the day, I'm running around trying to make you happy. And then you're complaining about me that
1: it's not enough. I'm like, how do I Hmm. win this? So by not having a backbone, what did that do for her? So...
0: What I learned was when I went on this masculine feminine journey, not having a backbone, it's, it made her feel really unsafe. Untru- mm. Yeah, so it was like, this guy isn't strong. When things go hard or will go difficult, he's not going to show up. She'd rather you be strong and honest about it than you used to say, well, I don't know, I'm going to leave. defer the decisions to you. So later on in my, mm. in my journey, and I love, you know, I'm sure we're going to be talking about the masculine and feminine in one of the podcasts. Yeah. That's some of the things I learned about it. So when you go, here's, here's a, a summary of it. When you go salsa, mm. when you go, if, if anyone's been salsa, you'll always learn. Salsa dancing. Salsa dancing, yeah. Or any kind of like dancing, ballroom dancing. You'll always learn the man leads, the feminine follows. Right, both two people cannot be leading at the same time just like a car you cannot have two drivers right there's only one cockpit there's only one steering wheel one set of controls because both of you can't lead right what i found is when the masculine leads the feminine then sits goes more into a feminine energy where women really want to be and then she can focus on leading being in the feminine while the guy's leading in the the logistics, the logical part. So they're both doing in in, in their most strongest things, but they're doing it in a different way and different forms.
1: Yeah, I think you said it really well that ultimately what the nice guy syndrome leads to is your partner not feeling safe. She can't trust you, you know? So if she can't trust you in the little things, how can she trust you in the big things? So if I don't have a backbone, if I'm never able to say, this is what I want, or this is what I'm going to do, or this is what, what I need us to do, then she can't trust that. And if she can't trust that, then I think what happens is she starts to say to herself, well, if I can't trust him, I've got to do everything. I can only trust myself. Right. And I think that that's what starts developing resentments in in her world. And as nice guys, we don't, really pick up on that we just sort of double down on being nice you know whenever she's upset it's like i'll just double down i'll just be nicer you know so i think that that would be maybe the cornerstone of the result of the nice guy syndrome is that others can't trust us well let's read through this list here um we got started on the first one we sort of got sidetracked so let's just kind of read through the list here. So, so a nice guy, he's the guy, he's a friend. He'll do anything for everybody else, but his own life seems to be like in a shambles. That's so true, right? Uh, yeah.
0: Good. He's the kind of guy who frustrates his partner because he's so afraid of
1: conflict and never gets it resolved. And that, ooh, that's a tough one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So nothing ever gets resolved. Yeah. Which, again, sort of leads to that trust thing. I mean, she she feels like, okay, we're going to have, you know, I can't trust you to finish this conflict, so I'm frustrated because nothing ever seems to get resolved. Yeah. Yeah. He's also the kind of guy who will tell his boss uh, or another person one what he thinks he wants them to hear and then reverse himself to please someone else. <sighs> I've never done that. <sighs> <laughs> only in every instance that i can remember back back that's a tough one yeah Yeah, i was a classic of that of like i will yeah you want to hear this okay great you know i'm a a conflict avoider Mm. so i'll agree with you and then somebody else will come up and they'll have a uh you know an opposite opinion and i'll agree with them and then you know the first person comes back and says well so-and-so told me that you disagreed with me but you told me that you agreed with me and yeah you know so what did i do Lack of trust again.
0: Yeah, the nice guy's fickle. So he'll just go with whoever's (laughs) the strongest in that part. Yeah. All right. So here's a man who lets people walk all over him because he he doesn't want to rock the boat. And so he'll say, What I I don't, you know what, whatever you want, I'll do it. But I want to have an opinion. And because I don't want to be disliked,
1: so walk Mm -hmm. all over me.
0: So he's the kind of guy who always says, Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah, the yes man.
1: Yeah, and in, in, in no more Mr. Nice Guy. Robert pulls out this limiting belief about nice guys is is it, again a core belief of nice guys want a problem free smooth life. They believe that if they do everything right the way that other people want it to be done, then they'll have a problem free smooth life. So mm-hmm. rocking not rocking the boat is about wanting to have that problem free smooth life, and uh, life just doesn't work that way. I found out. Oh, and you know, how many times have we try to make everything so smooth? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. For sure. what so what's, what's yeah. what else is there? So he's a, he's the dependable guy at work who will never say no, but would never tell anyone if they're if they were imposing on him. So I'm not gonna tell somebody no. Somebody may be imposing on me, asking me to do something, but because I'm a nice guy, because I want a problem free, smooth life, I will say I, I won't say no. Instead, I become kind of the yes man. But I'm not letting people know that they're imposing on me. So a nice guy is really a guy who lacks a lot of boundaries.
0: Yeah. You know, when you were, when you were saying that, it was just reminding me of... Um, so when I grew up, I grew up without a strong male role model. <laughs> and one of the things about the nice guy is that they don't really have strong... Healthy masculine role models, and most of the nice guys are grown up around women and the feminine narrative. You know, mm-hmm. I was raised by a mom uh, who had some challenges herself, and then I had a sister, then I had cousins, they were all females. Went to a school again, dominated by female presence, so therefore, I picked up mm-hmm. a lot of the female narrative, and because Absolutely. of that, it was by being nice.
1: Yeah. I think it can also be generational. Like my father, you know, he's a, he's a good man, but he didn't have a father. He grew up with a single mom. And in fact, he had, I don't know, I think I counted one time, it was like eight different stepdads along his his Aww. life. And so we, when he became a father, he didn't have the tools necessary to be able to instill those in me. And so I think it can, it, it's one of those things that nice guys often exist <laughs> generationally and then Mm. we just kind of pass that on so if we don't interrupt that pattern then it will just continue on to the next generation
0: oh here's a good one this is this one i i resonate with this one and i see a lot of guys here's a man whose life seems to be under control until boom one day you know he does something and he destroys it Mm. right so from the outside From the outside, it looks rosy. He portrays a really good, strong image. Everything else is good. But behind closed doors, there is chaos, there's anger, there's resentment, there's Mm -hmm. unfulfillment, there's
1: envy, there's jealousy, all of these things going on in the background. Absolutely. And that was really something that happened in my life where I was holding all of this pressure all of these resentments. I say to guys sometimes it's kind of like trying to hold you know three beach balls underwater at the same time. You know, one of them's gonna pop up. And that's what happens for us. I think when we hold all of this resentment, all of this negativity. On the outside things might be looking good, but on the inside we're just waiting waiting to implode. And that's one of the things that happened in my life was I did, I imploded. I lost everything. I like, just, and I'll get into my story maybe in, in further podcasts. But yeah, the the thing that happened to me was I was such a nice guy that eventually my life exploded and I lost everything. I can relate to that. I can relate to that.
0: that. That's going to be another great podcast as well because uh, yeah. you know, I had it, I had, it, I had it all. It looked like I had it all, <laughs> but behind closed doors. And then it just everything everything was gone yeah right yeah so what are some of the characteristics let's go through let's do like about five characteristics like real strong okay. characteristics that they have so nice guys seek approval of others
1: absolutely right so. and nice guys try to hide their perceived flaws and mistakes Right, nice guys put others' needs first and wants before their own. So
0: especially dads. I see nice guy's dad mm-hmm. do this
1: a lot. Nice guys tend to sacrifice their personal power and often play the victim role. <laughs> we will get into a podcast about that. Definitely, definitely. Nice by guys one. playing the victim role.
0: Yeah. Right, nice guys tend to be disconnected from other men and from their own masculinity <laughs> energy.
1: Right? So important. Oh, my gosh. Oh, this is probably key right because how many times do I I mean this was me
0: I had more female friends than male oh, yeah. guys right so I would sp- I was more comfortable around women and women's conversations than I was comfortable around strong men especially like m- strong competent men used to scare <laughs> the hell out of me right they they used to, I used to be terrified
1: of strong men and strong women I know that that was something that also happened with me was you know We talk a lot of times about like the mother issues and and that kind of thing. But really, I think the masculine wound or the father wound that nice guys take on um, creates in them a fear Hmm. of connecting with other men. And the vast majority of the guys that I work with, when I ask them the question, you know, who's your buddy kind of thing, they struggle. They struggle to kind of say, Well, you know, they might say, Well, I have a I have a friend from you know college that he lives in another state, and you know, we we call each other every once in a while, you know, something like that. Or uh, you know, but but I think a lot of guys, and this was myself included, when I first discovered this, like when I looked around and said, Who are my friends? Like, who it's 3 a.m. in the morning and my world has collapsed, who do I call? And when that actually happened to me, I had no one. So yeah. it's vital to have men in your life and i and also think that that scares nice guys so so we tend to avoid that
0: last one nice guys create situations in which they do not have very much sex they don't have a lot of sex so nice guys yep. usually end up with the dead bedroom
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yep and again comes back to you know wanting a problem-free smooth life and being You know, well, if I meet her needs, you know, the classic one is like, so I'm going to clean everything up while she's gone. And then when she comes back home, she's going to want to have sex with me. But what happens instead is she says, oh, well, you forgot to empty the dishwasher. (laughs) 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 There's always
0: something, right?
1: There's always something, right? Yeah, and the nice guys forget
0: that, you know, they make so many things in their head so transactional that they think that sex is going to be transactional. But So they're so disconnected from actually what creates the environment, what creates the emotion that she desires you. And the nice guys, I know they, they want to be desired. They want to be doted on, but they do Mm. everything
1: that does the opposite. Yeah. Yeah. So the opposite of a nice guy isn't a jerk. The opposite of a nice guy is an integrated man. In other words, he loves himself just the way that he is. He is integrated on all of his parts. He, in integration, also refers to integrity. So he has integrity in his life. And so he acts from a place of integrity and integration as opposed from a place of transactional um, relationship. Mm -hmm. You know, I'll do this for you. Covert Covert contracts is what robert calls in the book um so i'm excited about this podcast because you know hopefully this has been a little bit of a taste test for or you know like a taster for people yeah just to kind of get a little sense of where we're going with this podcast um that there's just a lot of layers here a lot of things that we can talk about around the nice guy syndrome and how that shows up in our lives and um, how we've maybe seen that show up in the lives of other guys and you know what works and what doesn't work. So I'm personally jazzed to be doing this podcast and to be doing it with you because you I was
0: are uh, me too. You know, I'm really I'm really chuffed to be doing this because I know how important this work is and I'm mm-hmm. and I can't wait to share some of the stories and li- and hear some of the experiences that you've had the guys that you mm-hmm. worked with. And I know there's going to be some yeah. great stuff when it comes to love, intimacy, sex, money, relationships, work, travel, like f- fun, yeah. all of these things that, you know, I wish I was listening to this when I was young. Mm. Right, yeah. You know, this is, this is the kind of messages I want to hear. And this is what we're here for to serve each
1: Excellent. other.
0: And I can't wait this journey, mm. to start this journey with you, Chuck.
1: Thank you. I'm, I'm, grateful for it. So that wraps up podcast number one of the Nice Guys show. We hope you've enjoyed it. Um, Please like, subscribe, do whatever you got to do so that you can follow us for future episodes. We're going to be trying to produce, uh, you know, episodes as often as we possibly can. And we want to be able to help you become an integrated man. Okay. It's not about not becoming a nice guy. It's about becoming an integrated man absolutely
0: and Chuck I reckon the next podcast that we should do to start about is hmm.
1: why do nice guys settle for bad sex okay I think that's probably uh, the question on a lot of guys minds of, you know how do I get more sex and how do I get better sex and why am I not getting sex I And mean, so I think that's a great idea so we'll do that for podcast number two so be sure to tune in we're going to talk about sex and we're going to talk about why nice guys settle for bad sex all right see you in the next podcast you've been listening to the nice guy show the podcast that helps nice guys move past their insecurities and fears into the fullness of their masculine strength and confidence. be sure to like and subscribe to our podcast and check out the website niceguyshow.com for more information on how to connect with chuck and faisal until next time keep living your best life